Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff podcast on January 11, 2021. After a few weeks off, we are back. We are back. Good morning, Jesse. Good morning, Gary. Uh, feels good. We had uh, we had some weeks off due to vacations and general busyness of the holiday season, various other things. But yeah, it feels good to be back. How about you? I'm excited and a little nervous because uh, we're out of our routine. Yeah. I was actually going to do this. I should have done this where uh, uh, one of my favorite shows, Community, uh, we've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. They introduce a new character in one of their episodes mm. and he says something like, don't worry about it. I'm not going to throw off your natural. And then the <laughs> start of the show music starts right there. Yeah. And then the music gets over and it picks up him saying routine. <laughs> <laughs> and so I feel like our natural routine is probably out the window. So uh, forgive us if there's like awkward pauses or something. And we're just going to like. Wait, how do we do a podcast again? What are we supposed to do? Uh, I remember that moment in the show. And isn't I that great? God, how funny that was. Oh, that's, that was good. That's great. Yeah, so our natural routine may be off. We might be uh, taking awkward pauses <laughs> here and there. But, hey, uh, that's part of the fun of the Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff podcast, correct? Absolutely. And if I just bust into spontaneous giggling, my apologies, because that really tickles my funny bone, <laughs> that scene. That's great. I know how much you love that, because that's actually Jack Black, and that's one of your guys, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I love Jack yep. Black. That's fantastic. I knew he was a favorite of yours. <laughs> Welcome to the Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff podcast, where we very clearly talk about stuff. And in this next hour or so... You will see a lot of rabbit trails. Uh, You'll hear a lot of random movie quotes. You'll hear a lot of 90s basketball. And all of it points back to Jesus Christ. Right, Jesse? That's exactly it. If we we get uh, this today and you are listening and you get introduced to Jesus, then we have done our job. That's our ultimate hope through this. And the really cool thing is... uh, we both subscribe to what's called Reformed Belief. Mm-hmm. And in that Reformed Belief, one of the major things is that there are glimpses of God everywhere. God is in every single square inch. And so what we hope to show you through all of our rambling and through all of, all of our random talking is that you can see him, a little glimpse of him, in everything. So pay attention. Right. And Mm -hmm. keep looking for those glimpses. Does that Mm -hmm. sound right? That sounds exactly right. If we if we can see God in everything, well, then we are constantly worshiping. And that's the ultimate goal of our lives is to obey, worship and bring about the kingdom of him. Sounds fantastic. And in the midst of all of that, we also want to remind you that uh, we are part of Living Water Community Church. And so we're going to tell you a little bit about what Living Water Community Church is about. Uh, what is happening on the calendar, uh, what is coming up, uh, what we preached on yesterday, what we're planning on preaching next week, uh, any events in between. We're going to upload all of that stuff into your calendar, and we're just going to fill you in on all that good stuff. And then, of course, we're going to remind you time and time again, this is a time where it's harder to stay connected. And so don't forget to subscribe to our page. Uh, to like the YouTube channel, uh, to do your best to stay connected because we can lead you to that door, uh, but you got to open the door. Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. Sounds exactly right. All right, so then let's start with this. Um, we got a lot to cover. Uh, we were already talking. We're 10 minutes late for getting started because we were spending quite a bit of time on privilege. Uh, there's obviously a lot of awareness around what privilege means. Uh, about trying to be aware of privilege, and so we'll probably get into that at some point. Uh, We'll probably get into uh, what we did on vacation. Uh, Both of us were off last week, all that kind of good stuff. But first, I wanted to hear about your sermon yesterday, uh, what it was, how it went, kind of reaction from you on what that took place. Yeah, we are uh, over in Sheldon. We are starting a series. uh, We start, excuse me, we started a series on Sunday that's titled... uh, uh, renewed in Christ, starting over, being refreshed in Him. And I thought it was important to do that series as we start off 2021 after the horror movie that was 2020. So uh, how do you recuperate from a horror movie? Well, you take a deep breath and you say, okay, this is what I have to do now. So 
Um, it's all about starting over and refocusing ourselves on Jesus and the work he has for us to do, not only as individuals, but as a church. And as such, last yesterday I talked about uh, Moses in Exodus chapters 3 and 4, where uh, he's talking to the burning bush and God is talking to him, and uh, Moses keeps coming up with all these excuses one after another. God says, I want you to do this, and Moses goes, yeah, but what if they don't believe me? And then God gives him three miracles to perform. You know, in case they don't believe him. And then he says, well, Moses, I want you to do this. He goes, well, I can't speak really well. And God's anger burned against him. He said, okay, well, fine. I'll give you your brother Aaron. Now go and do it. Mm -hmm. And my, the takeaway was uh, just like Moses, we have also seen God's power. We have also rested in the promised victory, which for them was the uh, Egyptians for us is Christ um, overcoming sin and death. And just like Moses, we have a tendency to have excuses, especially looking back at 2020, you know, the year mm -hmm. for why we can't do God's work. We look back and we lament and mm -hmm. we say, well, I just don't feel like it. It's tough. Everything's right. shut down and blah, right. blah, blah. And I said, and just like God says to Moses, we are out of excuses. Right. The time for excuses is over. Right. We just had a year off. Let's get to it. Right. You right. know, that's basically what I said. Where God doesn't want us to just be, oh, I'm just going to sit around like it's done. We're done with that. We had eight months of that. Uh, enough. <laughs> Let's do stuff now. And you're so. such a doer anyways. Of course, the the challenge there is going to be let's do, let's go. Yep. Uh, Moses was not a whole lot of a doer, but Aaron was, obviously. Yep. Uh, yep. Aaron was a speaker. Uh, so we're referencing a story from Exodus, if you're not familiar with that one. A uh, great call story for this guy named Moses, right? Mm -hmm. And when you got to the burning bush, uh, give a little bit of background there because I'm sure you did. Uh, you love the commentary work and that kind of uh, cultural work. Like what was what was it about the burning bush that would have caught his eye? Like I, I think if I remember right, I did some research on this and he was out in the middle of the desert, right? Mm -hmm. And there was something about, like, a uh, spontaneous fire that might have happened because it was out in the middle of there and it was so hot and all that kind of stuff. But this one kept on burning, right? That's like, he had to look twice at it, if yeah. I remember right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the, there's the something cool about that, I think. The funny thing is it wasn't just a random, uh, a random uh, like, plot of bushes right, right? it right, wasn't right. it wasn't in right. like a thicket here right it's the middle of the desert so there's right. not much and he sees this bush and it's probably the greenest bush you've ever seen right you know so it's well watered and it lights on fire spontaneous combustion which and like you said in a desert is it, it happens happen, right. uh but in the entire conversation none of the leaves were singed the the you know the trunk did not burn None of it turned into ash. It just it was just on fire, and it did not consume. It's I think the scripture says it that it was not consumed by right. its own fire. Right. You know, so it just sits there. And if you were Moses, well, if I was Moses, I'd look and go, dude, this tree's not burning down. What is going on with this deal? Right. right. But this conversation he has with God through this bush lasts last minutes, if not an hour. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's and it keeps burning and it keeps and burning it's always going right in right, a dry right. desert right so yeah that's really cool to me because i want to make a couple of jumps here uh cut me off if i'm thinking too out of the box on fire but that seems to be something that god uses throughout the old testament that is to call attention right and to like hey pay attention to what is happening here because the first one that came to my mind was Elijah uh, working on the mountain and going against these other prophets, these prophets that didn't believe in God, the prophets that were uh, trying to worship Baal, and they couldn't start a fire. And so then he lines up this altar, yeah. and he lines up um, what he is going to sacrifice, but he dumps a bunch of water on it, so it's very, very improbable, if not impossible, for mm -hmm that to catch on fire and lo and behold god sends this incredible stream of fire that lights the whole thing yeah so that and moses and um wasn't god represented by a pillar of fire when he was leading the israelites through the desert yeah. at night yeah absolutely so yeah. what is it about fire 
something <sighs> cleansing, something, uh, something so, incredible. I think it's Calvin who says this, and I might be wrong on this. So someone I just go with it. It's yeah, Calvin. it's Calvin. It's someone call Calvin. in if I'm wrong, but yeah, you know, I think it's, it's probably, probably Calvin. Calvin. Uh, you know, fire has always been a reform tradition thing. Mm. You know, because it it basically says, look, I am. Just like all suffering, I am burned, but I'm not consumed. Ooh. And I think that was one of Calvin's quotes, which is just like us in Christ. We are burned by this world all the time, but we are not consumed. Right. And I wonder, and granted, this is post-speculation, but mm-hmm. I wonder if that has something to do with it where the good Lord is like, you know what? I'm going to show fire in because fire is one is the most powerful of elements. Right. Uh, but at the same time, he's using it as a symbol of holiness and purification as well. Right. And something cleansing. Something cleansing. Right. right. Um, we got to remember that fire was even important in the New Testament. The tongues the, oh, of fire in Acts 2. Call. Right, right. I mean, throughout his throughout biblical history, fire is a big deal. Right, right. So, And so obviously that's an uh, analogy that God wants to use. That's a picture that God wants to use. Yep. Uh, that's all wrapped under the burning bush. And then, of course, his response is where you probably spent a bunch of time. Yeah. Uh, not only the negative responses, but then finally saying yes to it in the end. Yeah. Uh, which actually makes me think um, we just did it in Orange City. You guys are going to do it in Sheldon in a little bit. Uh, the installation of yeah. elders and deacons. We can chase that for a little bit, too, if we want. Yeah. Um, but the no, no, no kind of answer from Moses is what we often see from people when asked to do a role yeah. like elder or a role like deacon. Yep. And what I usually end up trying to preach at some point or trying to remind at some point is the stuff that's listed in First Corinthians and Timothy um, the way that Paul, the Apostle Paul, lays out the qualifications for elders and deacons, mm-hmm. that is too much for us to handle. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just high and above, and we can't do it. And that acknowledgement that we can't do it, I think, is a very, very important first step. Right. Because yeah. we have to rely on Jesus then. We have to rely on His Holy Spirit more and more and more to do those jobs, to do those tasks. And so... Like Moses, uh, we can pretty easily start out with a no, no, no. But, man, what is it that finally clicks that we realize, like, okay, with God's help, I can do this. Which is why in the liturgy, the answer is always, I do, God helping me. Exactly. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's entirely a work of the Lord and entirely a work of the Holy Spirit that, right. that works through us in order right. to perform these functions. Right. What I love most about uh, the Moses story is... If you really look at it, the ridiculousness of the excuses as they go, because mm. um, sure. it's you know it starts off with, well, who am I, right? Right. Which is kind of an honest question, uh, but that's also quite entertaining given right. the fact that he was also Egyptian royalty. So who better to go to the Pharaoh? Of course it was going to be. Of him course then, it was right? going to be him. Right. But he goes, well, who am I? Right. And then he goes, well, you know, uh, I, they might not believe me mm. in terms of the Israelites, and I'm going again. You were in. Egyptian royalty, they're going to listen to right, you. Right, right, But right. okay, fine, whatever. And then he goes, well, I can't speak very well. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, are, are you serious? Yeah. You you could write it down what and they would listen. What else are you going to come up with? What else are you going to come right, up with? And right. ev- eventually my favorite verse, he just goes, Lord, can send someone else to do it. Right, right. He doesn't even have an excuse. He's just like, I don't want to. Just exhaustion at that point, I'm sure. Yeah, I just don't want to deal with it. Right, and right. And that's... And that's exactly, getting back to your point, that's exactly where so many of us exist when it comes to this uh, calling of office or right. serving the Lord. We just go, well, I got this excuse, and ultimately, I don't want to. Right. And right. That's, that's what where it comes down to. That's what right. it comes down to. And that's right. where the Lord sends his spirit and goes, well, guess what? I'm going to strengthen you by this. Right. And there you go. Isn't there something, like, that's an age-old thing, right? Because we've talked about this before, that it's it's disappointing when the presentation of, hey, you can serve the church in this way, you can serve the kingdom in this way, and we hear a no. And there's legitimate reasons for that, absolutely. Yeah. But there's also the reminder that that has been happening for a long time. Right. Not only with Moses, uh, not only with a couple of the different prophets that also say no or that also say, well, I'm not worthy, I shouldn't do it, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um 
But Jesus himself, doesn't he tell a couple of stories like this? Like the, I was thinking of the wedding. Uh, he goes out and invites people. Uh, this person that Jesus is making up the story about mm-hmm. goes out and invites them to the wedding. Well, I can't come because I just bought a new field. I can't come because of this. I can't come because of that. Yeah. We as humans are incredibly good at excuses, right? Yeah, we are awesome. And I think that's kind of been shown throughout a whole bunch of scripture passages. Yep, absolutely. Not only in terms of scripture, but in terms of our individual lives. Right. I mean, right. how long did we run from our calls? I know that I did that's for a, a good while. Point. That's a very good point. You yeah. know, I mean, yep. I, I, I... Which I, makes me think of Jonah, too, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I mean, he didn't want to go to Nineveh for, honestly, decent reasons, and God's like, too bad. Right. You know? Right. So, it... It happens then, it happens now. We are good at excuses. The takeaway is that sometimes God is saying, well, I'm done with your excuses. Mm-hmm. I'm going to empower you to do this. Go and do it. Right, so. right. Well, and I think you mentioned this, but we can chase this rabbit trail. We can both say we are among the people that would do that, that have done that. Because I know I can say from my call story, yeah, I tried avoiding it. Um I call Minnesota my uh, place that I ran to. Where did Jonah run to? Tarsus. Yeah. Uh, so when I was getting tapped on the shoulder, like, hey, go to seminary, do this, do this. No, nah, I'm going to move to another state and uh, try managing a restaurant. Right. And that was me going the opposite way, I really think. Right. And that was me making up an excuse, uh, trying to find my own route instead of God's route, I think. Yep. And I think you could probably say the same thing, right? It's you filled up that story. You know, it's the exact same. I mean, you know, after college, I knew that uh, this was my call. And what I ended up doing is moving to Alaska and kind of doing like a half call, mm. you know, like, right. hey, all right, well, if you want me in I ministry, tried one of those too. yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. Right. And that's good enough. Right. Yep. yep. And I did some good ministry happened there. That's right. great. But Ultimately, God was like, "That's not where I want you," and I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick you in the face with it until you listen. Right. You know, through Chicago and through various other things. Right. And so then, once the call happened, or once you know I accepted the call, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't didn't go off without a hitch by any means, right. but it was the right thing, and it was the most fulfilling thing for both. Let's chase that for a second, because I, I I'm in a um, discussion with somebody who's trying to make decisions, and there's not a lot of peace in what they are doing. Uh, We just watched uh, uh, Relationship Goals with our youth group. Michael Todd uh, did a sermon on this about, like, uh, God equips uh, when his plan is being followed. Uh, His language was like this. uh, God funds, Mm F-U-N-D-S, funds his plan. Yeah. The, the point being, there's going to be some smooth road, quote unquote. There's going to be some peace in your heart when that is the way you're supposed to be going, uh-huh. correct? Yep. Uh, the point being, like, I know for a long time, Sandra and I were uh, just fighting uphill battle, whether it was house or finances or whatever, and that was because we were trying to steer the ship. Mm-hmm. And then you start finding, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. It doesn't mean everything falls into place. It doesn't mean everything is perfect. But, man, I feel so much better about it. Like, it's not my strength that's trying to get us from day to day. It's not mm-hmm. our work that's trying to move on. There's a peace about it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And in, in, you know, the pastoral calling circles, we call it the internal and the external. Oh, that's good. The right. internal call being right. uh, you feel this tugging on your heart to go in a certain direction, whether that's pastoral ministry or as an elder or whether it's, you know, I feel this call to talk to someone in my job mm-hmm. or this mm-hmm. do this relationship better, whatever it is. There's an internal call that says, this is what God is asking you to do, and there's a piece about that right. when you're on God's path. Absolutely. Right. right. The external call is multiple things. That's the conversations you have with mentors and friends. Am mm-hmm. I going on the right path because I feel at peace about this? Right. Um, that's the looking at the scriptures and, and seeing what history and what uh, biblical truths have been laid down for you. Right. It's It's diving into a lot of wisdom literature, you know, and and saying, what does this actually mean for my life? Mm. It's spending time in prayer and asking God to further flesh it out. 
It's reading the tea leaves of life. There's a lot of internal and external stuff here. And seeing it all point in one direction, right? right? And, and I, I love to do this when I'm trying to make a decision, when I'm trying to choose, should I go this way, that way, or whatever. Uh, making the analogy in my brain of looking for road signs. Yeah. Uh, when you're on a destination and um, you're heading to this certain uh, place, it'll say, uh, only 20 miles until that town, only 10 miles until that town. Ways that kind of tell you, hey, I'm on the path. Uh, if you weren't seeing those signs, then you start to wonder, am I not going towards my destination? Yeah. Those external things, I believe, are road markers all along the way, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, yeah, uh, this passage just keeps being the verse of the day, or it keeps popping up on my phone, or every time I open the Bible, I'm drawn to that page. Uh, this conversation keeps happening. Uh, someone keeps mentioning that person's name. Like, all of those kind of things, I think, are little road markers that tell you this is the direction. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what's, what's interesting, though, is that that can kind of go both ways, because inevitably, mm, in right. everybody's life, there will be a point where you feel so completely um, called to do this one thing, and every one of those road signs points to don't do it. Right, right. Or right. every one of those road signs points towards do this thing, and you are like, I'm not going to do that. Right. I'm not at peace with that. Right. And a lot of people uh, confuse what discernment is. Discernment is not um, looking at the road signs, and discernment is not the, the inner call. That's just right. reality. Discernment is going, these are pointing here, that's pointing here, which one's the truth. Right. That's what discernment is. And asking God to help you discern that is obviously the point, right? Right, yeah. exactly. Yep. So it's more often than not what I find with the Christian life is that a lot of times, not 100%, sometimes it goes the other way, but a lot of most of times, the world, God, is sending signs for us to do this, mm -hmm. and we are going the other route. Right. That's right. often what happens. So. And most of the time, it's around our selfish attitude. Yep. Like, what can I achieve? Or, yep. or what do I want rather than what is best for someone else? Mm -hmm. exactly. Which is actually uh, kind of where we started uh, having a conversation. Uh, we're seeing our world just wrapped up in selfishness, I think. Yeah. Um, not to take a huge, hard right-hand turn, uh, but to launch into a little bit of discussion about uh, the violence that we saw last week uh, about the uh, breaking of basically agreement uh, about one side being uh, really upset with another side, all of that kind of stuff. What I think we could settle on, uh, we've talked about it beforehand, we don't want to say we're on this side, we're on that side, any of that, because what we want to be for is the gospel. Yeah. Uh, what we want to be for as Living Water Community Church, as pastors, as Gary, as Jesse, is for Jesus, yeah. uh, for his peace, for his joy, for his grace, for his mercy, for all of the fruit of the Spirit that Paul launches into. Uh, there's a verse where he says, if it is pure, if it is true, if it is righteous, think about those things. Mm -hmm. And what my call would be is, as you as listeners, as we, as individuals, are trying to sort through, hey, what should I do in this next thing? What should I do in that next thing? Use the discernment that Jesse was talking about and sort of use that fruit of the Spirit as a checklist. Yeah. Uh, use that list that Paul goes through about think about such things. Are those words what would describe what you're trying to do yeah. or what you're trying to follow? Those words have to be in the conversation, don't they? Yeah, I think Pure, righteous, true, patient, I, calm, all of that. If, if I think that the fruits of the Spirit are an excellent guidepost for where we as, as Christians need to be, mm -hmm. if we approach everything with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all that kind of stuff, right. if we do that, I don't think we can fail. Right. And I think, I think that there's one cardinal rule what that we as Christians have to live by. Mm. And that is this. I don't care what your political stance is. This is just Jesse talking. Mm -hmm. I don't care what your political stance is. The fact is God does not want us to hate each other. Mm -hmm. yeah. And what we're experiencing right now is regardless, a that, it's a right. world right. is 
that hates each other. I don't care if it's the riots over the summer and those issues. I don't care if it's the Capitol right now. The, the America especially is starting to fall into hating each other. Right. And I can promise you God does not want us to react with hate. And I know that because of this one cardinal rule. Mm. Jesus says it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Right. Right. The first two commandments. They asked him, what is the greatest commandment? Boom, one and two. Right. Jesus outlines how we're supposed to live right there. Mm-hmm. What we are seeing is not us doing that. Right, right. And so when we focus on Christ, those are the two things you need to do. Mm-hmm. You need to live according to what Christ said and the first two commandments. And absolutely, you do all of what Paul said, mm-hmm. you know, with the love, joy, peace, patience. Those are almost like, um, we've talked about this before, as an organization, uh, to stay on the field, right? Uh, when we had our consultant, Dave Bartlett, uh, several years ago, a couple years ago, one of the major things that uh, we accomplished or that we worked on accomplishing was giving each particular area of church a field to mm-hmm. play on. Uh, there are organizations that will try to be sort of top-down controlling, kind of. Mm-hmm. And whether it's this team or this individual, they'll say, hey, you have to do exactly this. Like, this is your task. And those boundaries become really, really thin then. Mm-hmm. Uh, they become really, really narrow. When we are a healthy organization, we can create kind of a football field kind of feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, as long as it is within this football field... Go ahead and do it. And what we use as those football fields, uh, especially at Living Water, we say love God, love others. If it's in that range, if it's truly loving God, if it's truly loving others, awesome. Let's Mm -hmm. go for it. If it's outside of that, then we're not doing that first greatest, that second greatest commandment that he asks us to do. Yeah. So it sounds almost cheesy, uh, but... I am thinking of uh, uh, Office Space, uh, one of the great uh, greatest movies of all time. Of or time. One of, yeah. There's a scene where they're all gathered as a corporation, as a as a business, and they're putting up a banner that yeah. says, "Is this good for the company?" or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I almost see a banner that says something like, "Is this loving?" Yeah. Period. Yeah. Is this loving? Yeah. Like every comment you make on facebook every action you take every conversation you had is this loving exactly just ask that absolutely that is all that's the main filter right. through which we interact Love. if we don't do that then we i don't know how we can honestly say yeah let's let's continue on in our ministry right 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 so it has to be under the banner of love yep um we referenced the fact that Office Space was one of the greats. Uh, we referenced the fact that <laughs> that it is a classic. <laughs> How many people, I'm assuming, outside of our generation, uh, younger or older, have not seen that movie? Oh, man. Because it is not, like, as I look at uh, a top ten list or whatever, it's never on there. No. Like, no. it's one of those hidden gems, I yeah. feel like. Cult classic, like, totally. Is that the definition of a cult classic? Like, I there's only a certain following that think it's awesome? I think it has to be because, I mean, it's no Citizen Kane, right. you know? Right, right. Uh, but I think everybody in our generation knows it or at least can quote it a ha- bunch of it's, stuff. It's such a, a full, like, there's there's deepness to it yep. and there's meaning and yep. everything and all that kind of I stuff. Love I love that love movie. It. I agree. <laughs> I, I also want to chase this with you because I told you uh, with Elijah, we're watching, like, random uh, movies, uh, 80s, 90s especially. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yesterday, we sat down and we watched The Truman Show. Mm. Now, I really have issue uh, with a lot of Jim Carrey's movies. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them, like, I feel like he kind of overacts or whatever, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, Jim. Uh, yeah, if you're listening. If you're listening, <laughs> you know. Jim Carrey. Uh, but some of your movies, I'm just not feeling it. Yeah. Truman Show, however, man, that's got to be in my top 20. Like, it's there's just so much deepness to it. Yeah. And I love, like, the the little comments that cause me to say, wow. Yeah. Like, look at what society is to us. Yeah. And him being totally filmed like that. Not just the 
cliche of like, oh, big brother's watching or whatever. Yeah, you could chase that. I'm more uh, interested in being controlled by yeah. something. Oh, oh, yeah. Which I'm sure yeah. you and your uh, personality really don't want to be controlled. I hate being controlled. So that kind of speaks to you, I bet, yeah, that movie, ab- doesn't it? Absolutely, because I, I, there's there are very few things that bother me more than being, being told what right, to do. Right, I right. can't stand it. And uh, what what I always like about that movie is is there's this one scene where his wife, um, she's they have to do advertisements in oh the yeah. middle of it, right, right, right. and she's she's holding <laughs> it up and she's like, "Would you like some coffee? It's got blah 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 and no artificial sweeteners." <laughs> and he just goes, "What are you talking about? Who are you talking, are you talking to? to?" I love that, you know. Uh huh. And uh-huh. I, and I'm just like, I feel like that's kind of our world right now. It's right. just like every single thing. I watch a lot of uh, YouTube commentaries and stuff. Right. There's like six or seven advertisements for a ten minute video. Oh yeah, totally. When you go right. on Spotify, like right. there's that. When right. you go anywhere, it's just like look at this thing you need. Totally advertisements. And, yep, yep. And I'm sitting there as this is this you know freedom loving guy. I'm going. I hate all of this materialism. Oh, for I sure. can't stand that they're telling me you need this. And oh. chase this for a second. The the subliminal thinking. Like, yeah. Not only like pretty kind of in your face like hey you need this cocoa or whatever yep. i paused it at one point and i said to elijah like do you realize what they just did yeah because uh at some point christoph who is the creator of this whole thing yeah. is trying to control yeah truman absolutely yeah. and trying to sublimin subliminally yeah get him to think something for instance he was in love with a girl with a red sweater yep and so they were going to introduce, after the marriage was starting to fall apart, uh, they were going to introduce a new love interest. Yep. And she gets introduced to him at work, and lo and behold, she's wearing a red sweater. Yep, absolutely. And what yep. I paused and I talked about for a second was, look at how Kristoff is subliminally controlling. Yeah. His thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. And, and how real that could be, right? Even in terms of the island and why he doesn't leave. Right, right. Like, you know, he's sitting there and he's, as a kid, he has his dad die in this horrible boat accident. Right. So instantly at like seven, he's instilled with this fear of water. Right. So he can't leave the island. He's never left this dome. And you're just like, that's that's so twisted. And that's awful, you know? And it gives us a little bit of a glimpse of like how complex our minds are. Yeah. And it causes us to think, maybe I'm stretching this too far, but it caused me to think, why do I think what I think? Right, right. And I get it. That's a little too meta, and and, uh, people are going to like, well, what's the point (laughs) of thinking about why you think what you think? Yeah. But as we were talking before we got on air, that's kind of the basis for understanding somebody else's point of view yeah right understanding hey this is where i have privilege or understanding why someone doesn't think what i think yep when you get to the point of asking yourself in your own head wait a minute why do i think that yeah why do i think what i think and is that the right way to think yep half of half of the reason and we mentioned this before the podcast half the reason that the we have the problems that we have on a national level, is because no one is asking each other what they actually think. No right. one's talking. Right. No one's not only to self-evaluate; they aren't. They aren't evaluating anyone, much less self-evaluation. Agreed. Right. 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 And and that just leads to division. When we're right. not when we're not talking about what the issues are, much less when we're not investing in ourselves and going, why is it this way? What prejudices? What whatever do i have what do i hold what do i hold of course nothing's going to change and of course we're going to have tension because no one's self-evaluating or listening to others even if they do and so much of that i think is the cliche words are lately woke or aware um those are true words yeah only to uh, scrape the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Um, we both went through Ritter Church Renewal, yep. and one of the incredibly important things that they ask on you is to do a faith walking series, which is to sit and think about why you think the way you think. Yeah. I think that's all in that same vein, um, to be self-aware, right? Uh, to not take something for granted, to not assume that, hey, I believe this, and it's a 100,000% right, yeah. Um, yeah. especially 
actually only man-made things. Yeah. Uh, leaning back on Scripture as this is what I believe and this is the foundation and knowing that that doesn't change, mm-hmm. I think that is the process that starts us to listen to somebody else's mm-hmm. point of view. It's one thing we know for sure that regardless of where you fall on the scale of whatever issue we're, you want to talk about, Right now, the devil's loving this. He's having a field day with where we're at, man, because there is so much division and there's so much hatred and there is so much tension. Right. He's going, no one at all is focusing on Jesus. This is great. Right. And right. and our, at least I think I can speak for you too, Gary, our mm-hmm. encouragement is, of course, do the self-evaluation work. Of course, you know, mm-hmm. try and listen to others' perspectives. But the reality is you need to figure it out with Christ first. And that means Christ has to be your main focus. Agreed. And through that, he will identify what you need to do. Mm. Because the devil's had enough victories, we can't have this for much longer. Agreed. So. Yep. And so do that. Uh, oh, just do the self-evaluation. Do the listening. Do the prayer. Oh, man, we're in such need of it right now. Yeah. I guess that would be the call, right? That would yep. be the call to action. Yep, exactly. So that was all under... Moses, yeah, uh, with a sidetrack of the Truman Show. Yep. Uh, would you like so, to jump to what we talked about? Yeah, I was going to say, what did Orange City talk about? This eh? is a pretty light yeah. topic. Right. Uh, the Book of Romans. Oh my, yeah, um, no, let's let, let's breeze over yeah, that. Yeah, let's just spend two minutes on Jeez. that really quickly. I was so wowed throughout the week. I I'm just so uh, in love with what Paul writes here. Yeah. Especially like the first uh, introduction. Uh, so yesterday we did uh, verses one through seven of chapter one. Mm. And realistically, I probably should have just done one through like four because yeah. um, I didn't even have time to get to some of the other stuff. And that's just his introduction. Like, that's what's so cool to me. Um, you, I know, have a uh, a love with Paul because he kind of identifies with you a little bit, changing yeah. lives from Saul to Paul, all that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, what really drew me to it was this guy has never even met this church. Mm, yeah. Like that kind of blew my mind a little bit throughout the week. Um, he was all over the place, planting churches, planting churches. Most likely this Roman church came out of that Pentecostal movement in Acts Mm -hmm. where these people heard them talking in different languages, all that kind of stuff. They get excited about that. They go start their own church. Mm -hmm. And what's really kind of challenging for us as living water, I think, uh, for us as Christians in, uh, well, uh, that might be a stretch. I was going to say Christians in America, but that's not completely true either. Mm. Let me just finish that thought before I jump to the next one. He sees potential in them. Yeah. Uh, like verse 15-ish, somewhere in there, he says something about, like, uh, your faith is being reported all over the world. Oh, verse 8. I thank my God through Christ because your faith is being reported all over the world. He sees something good happening in them, and he sees that, hey, I can feed these guys some steak. Uh, there's a passage, it might not be Romans, but he says somewhere, like, you guys aren't even ready for steak, I gotta give you baby food because mm-hmm. you haven't processed it, all that kind of stuff. I see him seeing potential in the Roman church and just putting his foot on the pedal, like, come on guys, let's go. Yep. Like, I got a lot to tell you, let's get into this. Yep. And that's what excites me about Romans, because he can't even get through his introduction without giving deep, deep theology mm-hmm. about the gospel right about jesus christ right yep. so the dashes the the run-on sentences all of those things in romans mm-hmm. get me excited because i feel like that's my communication language <laughs> like i'm just gonna ramble and ramble and ramble right, and right. that's what paul does here because there's so much that he wants to talk about and and what's interesting about the about romans in terms of theology is that most, I wouldn't say most, but 60% of theology comes from the book of Romans. Right. You look at your <sighs> Kuiper, you look at Calvin, you look at Luther. Yeah. 
they are just using I'm, this as a launching pad, right? If, if you're looking at chapters, basically chapters three through nine, right. you know, I mean, that's that's the meat right. of the of not only theology but the meat a of the gospel. If mm-hmm. there's such a thing as summarizing what Christ did on this earth in a in a very can, in a very short synopsis, Paul does it in oh, those yeah. chapters. Right, right. So and he he gets complicated, so that's a fear that I have. Like, oh boy, uh, I'm gonna dig myself into something that I have no idea how to explain. Yeah. Um, but the excitement that I have is, oh man, I'm gonna dig myself into something that I can't explain, <laughs> because that's the point, right? Like to get to the deep thinking about theology, about thinking about God. Uh, there's excitement. There's wonder. Uh, I'm thinking of Chronicles of Narnia. Mm-hmm. Um, is Aslan safe? No, he's not safe, but he is good. And I think that's Christ, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, man, there is so much there. Uh, to jump back to the Truman Show, I said after the movie was over, I said to Elijah, like, in my mind, him walking out of the setup stage, the last scene is him walking through a door into complete blackness. Right. That's, like, our picture of stepping out of what is comfortable and safe and stepping out with Christ into the great unknown. Yeah. And then I could go on a sermon analogy of Frozen 2 because that's one of the songs that they <laughs> sing, Into the Unknown. And I feel like that's uh, Christ asking us, right. trust me enough to step out into the unknown yeah. because I got this. Mm-hmm. And there is so much more than what this world has to offer. What What's fascinating, not just in terms of uh, the 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 unknown and Christ saying I've got this is how he's got it. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh it's it's not just just that he has it. It's that you know, he died for it and I I think a lot of people forget this part about when we talk about uh Jesus and in his Christology so so to speak mm-hmm. is we talk about his his birth and then his life and then his death and then his descent to hell. And then his resurrection. Mm-hmm. What we forget about all the time is his ascension. Right. And his ascension is extremely important because he not only ascended in body, so that shows what the afterlife is going to be like. We're not going to be some floating ethereal spirit. I right. mean, he ascended to body, so right. well, so, so shall we. But he sits at the right hand of God and intercesses on our behalf. Oh, man, yeah. And that is huge because it's not just that he ascended and he his work is done. Right. He literally sits there and, and takes the prayers that are filtered through by the Holy Spirit and pleads on our behalf to the Father oh. and says, save them, give them this, etc., etc. And so it's not just what he does, but how he does it and how he continues to do it. And that is exactly what Paul points to right. in, in the book of Romans, which is it's not only about you're, you're saved by, by faith. Mm-hmm. It's also about... Um, how to live that out a life of thanksgiving oh yeah you know he talks about the transformation of believers he talks about what justification is right right right. all these intense concepts that you go holy balls the lord did a lot for us and he asks a lot of us yeah i think that's where you were going with the like the responsibility part of it right uh i i sort of used verse five as that responsibility uh we receive grace and apostleship yeah. Uh, to call all to the obedience that comes from faith. Mm-hmm. Not only did we receive his grace, we received his apostleship, mm-hmm. which means uh, we chased this word a little bit. The word apostle is one who can speak on their Lord's behalf. Right. Uh, at that time, culture, uh, servant, slave, uh, Lord, master, all of that kind of stuff was a big deal. And the apostle was one who, hey, yeah, I'm sending my servant. I'm sending someone on my behalf. They can speak for me. I don't have to go to that meeting uh, because I'm sending someone on my behalf. That's what being an apostle is, speaking on the Lord's behalf. And so I have to take what God would do, what God would say, and speak on his behalf because I am an apostle. And yeah. That's what we're all called to. And that's that's right there one of the biggest things, the biggest takeaways, mm-hmm. not, not not just from Romans but of Christianity in general, mm-hmm. is that that's what we are all, underscore all, called right. to do. Right. A lot of people in reform circles think that just because we're saved by faith and 
we believe in predestination and blah, 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 and all these buzzwords. We could sit back, do whatever, and let the pastor do most of it. But the reality is we're not called to this just because. This is an extremely high calling that we're called to. When God chooses you for his child, uh, I think you said it best, it's not just salvation. It's a responsibility. He says you've got work to do. And uh, we are all called to it. So it's not just enough to go, well, thank goodness I'm saved. Now what are you going to do with it? Because your calling is huge. The obedience that comes from faith. And what that is is go Go yep. and tell the nations, go and live a holy life. Uh, go and live in grace, Yeah. Uh, understanding that, yep, I'm going to mess up. Yep. And when I mess up, that's not it. That's not done. Uh, a bad day doesn't make me a horrible person. A bad season doesn't make me completely a throwaway life. Uh, a bad year, 2020, doesn't mean that all hope is lost. Yeah. Uh, where I ended was verse 7. Uh, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I try to start almost every Sunday with that. Mm-hmm. Brothers and sisters in Christ, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. And the ending part of the sermon was that that's not Gary saying, oh, I hope you have grace and peace. That's not uh, just a, a throwaway word. That's God himself giving you, number one, grace that forgives number two peace peace that it's going to be okay in john 14 i ended with uh uh jesus says his disciples take heart uh i don't give peace as the world gives peace i give you peace that has overcome that is good and so don't be afraid and what a lesson for me in 2021 Mm. don't be afraid i have God's peace yep. that goes with me. Time for fear is over. Oh, yeah. it's it's we had it. We've lived in fear long enough. Right. I think it's just a quick side note. I always think it's interesting how different pastors. You can always tell the pastor's uh, uh, personality mm. by their by both their uh, I guess God's greeting and more and parting blessing. Mm. Mm-hmm. So you know your God's greeting is you right. know uh, grace, grace, mercy, and peace, and peace right. which is what you want to convey. And my parting blessing is always, therefore, go right. and make disciples right. of all nations, which is basically like go and do stuff. Very true. You know, right. it's right. always fascinating to me the choice that uh, the Lord puts on people's oh, hearts. Oh, totally. When they do that. Right. And so. the angles that God takes with that and what He can do with that. It's yep. amazing. Yep. Uh, so we have covered a lot in about an hour here or so. Uh, talked about the Truman Show, talked about Romans, uh, talked about the burning bush. Uh, what we didn't mention, mention uh, was what the series is going to continue on. Mm, uh, yeah. So very quickly, in a couple short minutes, uh, you looked at the burning bush last week. Yep. What's this week going to be looking like? We're going to be looking at Joshua 5, okay. uh, 1 through 12, and being as that we're talking about renewal and starting over, that's where the Lord finally brings them into the promised land mm-hmm. under Joshua and they sit down, they have all their males circumcised as kind of starting over mm-hmm. to represent, you know, accepting the promised land. And then the manna stops, and then the very next thing is the taking of Jericho. Gotcha. And so, so it's a setup, right? Yeah. It's something incredible happening. So how to how to embrace incredible things and how to start over in times of uncertainty. Right. So, yep, that's what we'll be talking about. How about you? Uh, we're moving to Romans chapter 2. Uh, the hard part is, yeah. I would love to go verse by verse. I don't think we're going to have time for that. Um, So we're going to jump to Romans chapter 2, the end of the chapter, uh, especially where he's explaining the difference between circumcision, like physically, and circumcision of the heart. We're both in heaven circumcision somewhere. Right. So I guess circumcision is going to be on the topic. So pay attention to that. That Uh, sounds good. That'll be fun. Um, One thing we have to mention uh, before we get out, uh, Sunday school yeah. is coming up for you guys in Sheldon. Yep. Uh, how can we pray? When does that start? Uh, what else kind of tangible needs do you have? Anything that we can do to help? Yeah, the uh, this uh, it's going to be a big day. We've been hoping and praying for this for years. We mm-hmm. put in all this time, all this effort, all this money, all this uh, uh, work towards it, and mm-hmm. now it's taken off. So Sunday school starts nine o'clock Sunday morning oh, um, for the kids and adults. Um, children ages uh, five, excuse me, 
kindergarten and above, mm-hmm. all the way up till about fifth grade, are allowed to go. And yeah, nine o'clock to nine forty-five. The big things we re- we need right now are three. Number one, we need your prayers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a great bunch of teachers. We've got great curriculum. We're hoping that we get the kids. So uh, we have some. We just ask that you turn out and support us in this. Mm-hmm. Number two, we uh, we we not only need your prayers, we uh, we also need your support. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that means not just in terms of prayers, but give Allison a call. Tell her she's doing a great job and all the teachers right. too. And uh, number three, weirdly enough, I should talk to Allison about this, but our tables did not get delivered on time oh. for the Sunday school room. So we're kind of trying to scrounge at the last minute, trying to find tables. We think we have some, but if you have any that would fit into a space roughly the size of Gary's office, that Mm -hmm. would be excellent. Right. So, yeah. Anything to sit around, right? Anything to sit around. But the main thing is prayer. This is an exciting time. Oh, for sure. Looking forward to it. So, yeah. Oh, that's exciting. I'm glad. And I love the 9 to 945 idea. In fact, Sue, our children's director, uh, emailed me and uh, said, hey, wonder if that would be a good idea so it's getting her mind thinking that way too and all that kind of good stuff Um, so surround Sheldon's children's ministry surround Living Waters children's ministry in prayer and we will keep you updated I'm sure on how that goes and on what you can do to help all that kind of good stuff absolutely Uh, anything we're missing I think we are good to go. Okay, so then I want you to ramble for just a little bit because I was so ready. I was oh, I was you you had it, it like and then it was up and all that kind of good stuff. Oh man, I hope I hope it's a Jim Croce song. Like um, I I hope it is. That would be fantastic. Did we reference any music? I thought we did. Uh, we did at one point. We could always bust out the theme song from Office Space. I oh, mean, there that, you go. Yeah, that would have worked. Yeah. Um, and. We're not gonna go that <laughs> we'll just do this. this Love fine. your face. Love your face.